Hello, everyone, and welcome to Insights with Ben Choder. I am really excited about this author, right? Um, I've known the author for a while. Um, he's a really good guy. He's super witty. Um, his books are just very timely and together, and they make me smile. I don't think I've ever read one of AJ Jacobs' books without smiling and actually laughing out loud. And when I used to commute pre-COVID and if I was reading one of his books, it is pretty weird laughing out loud when you're on a subway in New York City. Um, people have attendance. Well, some people look at you and other people pay no attention to you. But it's it's really interesting. It's great. All his books are incredible. We're here today to talk about Thanks a Thousand. And um, Joey, why don't we bring AJ in the scene? It's a gratitude journey. I love this book. Um, this is what's also great about this book. It's you could finish it in one sitting and you go back again and read other elements about it. But AJ, before we jump into the book, um, there's a couple of your other books. I just want to touch on for one second. Um, I've read the know-it-all and I, I read, um, you know, the year of the Bible, right? Um, so let me ask you a question. At the end of the know-it-all, did you feel much smarter? <laughs> um, yes, let me answer that first. Let me thank yep. you. You know, I'm, you know, I'm all about thanking. So thank you for having me on your excellent podcast. I have so enjoyed listening to back episodes. Uh, and thanks to uh, uh, Steve Wozniak for inventing the Apple computer, which I'm using right now. Me so too. I'll end that there for now. But um, yes, I read from my first book, I read the encyclopedia from A to Z and tried to learn everything in the world. And I don't know if I was smart. I was certainly more annoying to my wife because right. I would try to insert uh, irrelevant information into a conversation whenever I could. So she actually started to uh, fine. She penalized me $1 for every irrelevant fact. Uh, but it was still, despite that, a wonderful experience overall. <laughs> and and the, how was the um, the year of living the Bible? How was that experience for you? It's almost like you're like an uncover, like an undercover agent. Everything you do, you engulf yourself in in the experience, right? So it's yeah. not just a book; it's a story. It's an experience. Everything you do. Absolutely, yeah. I'm a, some call it method journalism or experiential journalism or stunt journalism, whatever you call it is fine with me. But I, um, yeah, I live by all the rules of the Bible. Uh, so the Ten Commandments, of course, but also there are hundreds of rules that don't get a lot of publicity. So I had to, um, you can't shave the corners of your beard and I didn't know where the corners were. So I just that had this beard down to, my wasn't quite my navel, but I looked like I got a lot of Gandalf. People call me Gandalf a lot. Uh, so it was some ways it was wonderful. Uh, and some ways it was absolutely a nightmare. Yeah. Awesome. So now I want to jump into this book. But one of the interesting things that popped out at me is you wrote the book came out like in 2018, 19 ish. And you write that you're more of a Larry David than you are a Tom Hanks. So how appropriate was it that last year on Curb Your Enthusiasm, Larry opened a coffee shop 
And your book today is about your journey of being grateful. And it has a lot to do with with coffee. Does, does, is there an irony in there for you? That is hilarious. I didn't actually even know that. I haven't seen the latest episodes. But uh, he, opened, yeah. he opened a place called Mocha Larry's. And it was his coffee shop. And he searched for the best cup of coffee. And he made it because he, for spite, there was another coffee place next door that he was like, they, they shunned him. They said, he can't have our coffee anymore. So he said, I'm going to open my own coffee place. And <laughs> yeah, he is not fueled by gratitude. Uh, and I do think, no. I mean, I love watching him, but I would not want to be in that mindset, which I sometimes am. Uh, and it was interesting listening to your back episodes and how you are actually, you are not saddled with that Larry David no. side as much, which I'm so no. impressed and a little bit jealous uh, but I think uh, for me and a lot of people, it's always a wrestling match between yeah the Larry David side uh, and the Mister Rogers side uh, or or Tom Hanks whatever. Um, but I am very good at finding the negative. So if I hear a hundred compliments and a single insult, I uh, what do I remember? The insult and uh, and I think you are lucky, but I think our brains are wired that way. Unfortunately. Yeah because of evolution, we needed to know when we were cave people, we needed to really be able to notice the bad, the, the lion or the poisonous mushroom. Uh, but now we're saddled with this negative outlook and it is just not good for your mental health. Uh, and I think in my case, it's, I grew up with a lot of negative around me and all I ever wanted was to not have that, right? I wanted to, you know, succeed. I didn't want to not succeed. I saw how my parents didn't always succeed. And it was like, my thing is gratitude and positivity is how it got me through it and how it gets me through everything going forward. But this is about this incredible book. Two things. First, um, I'm going to have a sip of coffee first because <laughs> so just reading the book makes me think of, of coffee. But what what drove you to write a book on gratitude? Uh, well, first of all, I want to hear more about your journey uh, because that's amazing that you were able to, to rise up uh, uh, over your circumstances. Uh, but this book came about because I had I had been reading for years about the benefits of gratitude, which are huge. There's mental health benefits. Uh, it helps to stave off depression, but there are even physical benefits. It um, uh, uh, you recover more quickly from uh, from sicknesses and and surgery, uh, and there's business uh, benefits. It, it really helps in business as well and morale. So I was like, I need more of this in my life, uh, even though I'm a default Larry David. So I started this little ritual uh, during dinner where I would say to my kids. I just want to thank some of the people who made this meal possible. Uh, so I'd like to thank the farmer who grew the tomatoes for our spaghetti uh, and the cashier who sold me the tomato. And my son, who was 10 at the time, said, Dad, that's, that's fine, but it's also kind of lame because those people are, they can't hear you. They're getting nothing out of it. If you really cared, you wow. would go and thank them in person. And I said, that is a very good idea. 
for a book project. So from the you, from the mouths of babes, and then also, is he going to get is he going to get a cut of the proceeds? He keeps asking me that, and I say, "Well, he still gets fed, so right. I guess that's his cut." Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was a wake up call, and and I decided I'm going to try it, and I'm going to focus on one item my morning cup of coffee to make it simpler. Uh, but of course it was not simple because once I started delving in, you realize that there are hundreds of people we take for granted, invisible people who are invisible to us, that uh, my cup of coffee could not exist without nothing in my life. Uh, but it, it, I thank the barista at my local coffee shop but I flew to South America and I thanked the farmers. Uh, but I also thanked everyone in between, the, the guy who drove the truck with the coffee beans. He couldn't have done his job without the road. So I had to thank the people who made the road. So I kind of got carried away. And in the end, I thanked a thousand people. Uh, but I genuinely believe that nothing in our lives, uh, it doesn't take the village, it takes the globe to make anything happen. And we've seen this in COVID. COVID has yep. been a real wake-up call for that. It, it truly has. And then you also state, you know, that many people associate gratitude with the word thank you, but it's more than just saying thank you. It's, it's saying, you know, I am, you know, deeply grateful for you to do this or, or something you did. And when you bring it into COVID, I think it's true. I mean, from us in New York banging the pans, right, when the, the healthcare workers got off, I find myself even more when you see someone and they're doing something, like thanking them for their service and what they're doing. And I, I think there's this, it's changing. But for you, how do you come up, how do you figure out that saying I'm more grateful or saying it's something that's a little more personal work better than just saying thank you? Well, absolutely. Uh, you're right. It is the more specific, the better. So when I tell my kids about writing thank you notes, don't just say thank you for the gift, say thank you for, uh, you know, the book, which I read uh, when I was you know, taking the subway here. Just make it as specific as possible how it changed your life. And that, the idea of saying, instead of thank you, as uh, saying something like I'm really grateful or I'm deeply grateful, that I actually got from a study by the Wharton School of Business. Wow did a study that showed when, when you change up the language even just a little uh, it will uh, it makes a difference so they had people write notes after a job interview and when they use that phrasing I'm deeply grateful they actually got a much bigger response and much bigger callback uh, and I think that the reason is just Thank you almost sounds like a reflex now. It sounds like, you know, you, you don't even put any thought into it. So it doesn't have to be the phrase, I'm deeply grateful, but any way to mix it up, to show that you are actually putting thought into this and you actually feel this emotion is not just pro forma. That is to me, one of the keys. No, I, I think you're right. Cause if you take it even out of this context, like my wife will sit there and say, you know, you just can't say I love you, right? Because it's just a word over and over again. You know, you just can't say good night, I love you. It's it's gotta make something a little bit more personal because anyone could just use the word. So and I know just for me when someone says something just a little bit different, it has it resonates with me more 
and I take it further with me. But you actually say, you know, because we talked about it a little bit before, that everyone has a negative bias. And you say by being grateful, it can actually change. Do you feel as a person, after you wrote the book and after you went on your entire journey, how, as you have you rewired your brain? Are you a different person when it comes to negative thoughts and positive thoughts? I have partially rewired my brain. Uh, I mean, it, it is still a struggle. It's still a wrestling match between the Larry David and the, the Mr. Rogers, but it is so much better than it was. And I do think uh, without this gratitude, this practice and discipline that I have, I could not, I don't know how I could have made it through the last year, which has been so tough, but gratitude has really um, helped keep me afloat. And and it's certainly, I mean, I am an overthinker. I put it in my little bio on Twitter. I'm an mm -hmm. overthinker. Uh, so I, you know, I'll thank people for the most uh, inane, small things, but I have to say it's, it's good for my mental health. And I've, you, you get an occasional like, uh, all right, enough with the thank yous. But most people, I think, are underthanked. I think most yes. people love to be acknowledged. And that was one of the big lessons of the book. For instance, I would make these cold calls to people and I'd say, you know, I know this is weird, but I just want to thank you uh, for uh, keeping the insects out of my coffee. I was calling the uh, the pest control uh, woman who works at the coffee factory. And uh, she'd say, you know, that is weird, but thank you. I just don't get a lot of acknowledgement in my job. And this has kind of made my day. And uh, and it's like an anti-crank phone call. And that, in turn, had a, a virtuous cycle that made me feel better. Right. And, you know, you, you mentioned in the book that, you know, um, I'm a huge fan of just paying it forward in general. I believe it actually comes back. I, if I look at my life, when I paid it forward, it, it has come back in, in spades, right? So have you actually noticed why you're saying thank you and you're grateful to someone that more, how it's passing down? Have you actually experienced it? I have seen that happen. Uh, and yeah, I feel like it's a chain or a chain reaction. Uh, so I remember when I went to Columbia to thank the farmers, at first they were a little baffled by my project, but then they got into the, uh, the swing of it and, and they talked about all the people that they relied on for their job, the, the company that makes the machine that takes the skin off of the coffee cherry. Coffee beans come inside a little red fruit uh, and the, the pickup truck that they use to drive around the farm. So it really is, uh, yeah, I feel that uh, it's like a, the ripple effect. Once you you start thinking, then other people uh, take, it, take it up. Yeah. One of the things that I love that you did in the book is that you did little pictures of your entire journey from the barista all the way to the coffee farmer and along, and you acknowledge them. Again, another way of thanking them forever because it's gonna it's gonna live like this and, there, and there's little images of them so i got a question for you some advice um so i lead an organization of close to 1500 people um all over the world we have offices in 17 countries around the world how can someone like me like a leader you know use thank you and gratitude to shift morale i mean one of the hardest parts during COVID, especially is 
I don't get to get on a plane and go around and see my teams everywhere and actually look them in the eyes and say, hey, this is where we're going on a journey. And let's face it, just doing them as, as you know, video conferences and webcast, it's not quite the same. Like, what, what's your advice? How do, how do you use it in a business setting? Absolutely. Uh, first of all, just quickly, uh, I didn't draw those illustrations. I love them, but I want to thank the illustrator, whose name, embarrassingly, I forget, but she was great. Uh, secondly, yeah, gratitude has a lot of impact on the business world, and I've written about this for various business magazines, uh, and it and it comes in several ways. First, the idea of writing thank you notes to uh, potential clients. Uh, there have been studies that when uh, when you write an actual handwritten thank you, there's something very special about a handwritten thank you note that um, that the retention rate doubled. Uh, uh, there are. As, as a leader, you can write thank you. And it's a little bit of a pain in the ass or a pain in the hand, but it is, uh, I think it'll pay off big time, is to write uh, handwritten thank you notes to your employees. I know that the um, the former CEO of Campbell Soup wrote thousands of handwritten thank you notes over his uh, career. Um, I also think that uh, I, I've talked to many corporations that have tried to build in gratitude practices into their workday. So even if it's starting a meeting, but going around and saying what you're grateful for, um, one of the, I think it was SoulCycle has uh, like a, an employee app, uh, a smartphone app where you can uh, specifically thank people for something they did uh, by sort of pinging them. Uh, and, and me, I actually, uh, as an author, to, to market this book, uh, I pledged to write a thousand handwritten thank you notes to readers, and uh, I didn't really know what I was getting into. So it would turn, it was a huge, <laughs> it's so time consuming, but it was also one, it was one of the best things I've ever done because I, I really connected with my readers, and then they would post my thank you notes on their uh, social media. So I kind of got a boost from that. Uh, and it, it made me feel good. It was like a nice half an hour a day where I actually was like, you know, reminding myself that my product does have a positive impact and, and the people who uh, consume it. I'm not going to say I got the, the, the idea from you from reading the book, but one of the things that I started a couple of years ago in the organization was so we, we produce events, whether it's earnings events, um, you know, 10,000 plus clients around the world. Um, I send every single, and I, I should do it as a handwritten note. And now I'm sort of thinking, I think I will, but an email <laughs> saying, thank you for trusting us before the event, but also giving them my contact information. And one of the things that I found from it was I, a third of the people will send me back a note going, thank you for looking out for us. The event was great or great. Our event's coming up next week. We hope it's great. Thank you for your team support. A 20% of the people would send back a note going, I'm really nervous about the event. Can you help me? And I kind of love that because then I pass it off to my team and we respond and we build an intimacy. And you know, like a third of people don't, don't respond, but I feel like it builds an intimacy with clients. They appreciate it. They're not used to it because a lot of them send back notes I'm not used to this, 
you know, that the president of the company is reaching out to me before my program and thanking me for trusting them with their, their vision. And then employee wise, one of the things that we start, I always would send people notes if they did something great. But one of the things we started when COVID started, anytime someone would do something that I thought was amazing, we'd send them a little gift. And at first I thought I was doing it for the employees and, and they would send back pictures. And when you get a picture of something with a gift, you, you kind of love it. It makes you feel good. But what I found out through COVID is 90% of people would send back a note going, oh, my family loved the chocolate or the pretzels or the gift. And now their family became fans of the company more so than even the employee because there was a goodie box sent to them. And the power that it created and how it made me feel good, but helped our culture is incredible. And it's just different ways of saying thank you. But I got to start sending a handwritten note um, with it. I, I started, we, we wrote a book this year, uh, my first book, not, and I, anyone, like our clients, when I sent them out, I wrote them little notes on the book. It is tiring and it feels good at the end of it. And you run out of things witty to say, you know, as opposed to thank you, I hope the book doesn't put you to sleep type of thing, but it's, it's cathartic too. Yeah. Well, I love everything you just said, and uh, and I'm so glad you found it powerful, because I definitely do too. And and yeah, the uh, the gifts is taking it to another level. That is that's great. All right, so I got a question for you. So throughout the book, lots of characters I loved, but um, I don't know if it because it happened in the beginning, and it's the one that stuck sticks with me the most is Chung, your barista. You know made a great point by, you know, and I want to say it exactly. Gratitude is a discipline that needs to be practiced. What are some of the ways you would recommend that we practice gratitude every day? But before you answer that, like, is Chung still there? And like, do you still go to Joe's for your coffee? And like, how has it changed when you walk? Do you light up now when you go into Joe's? I mean, <laughs> well, it is nice. Yeah, it's a little bit like Norm from Cheers, if you remember that now that uh, yep. especially I wrote a whole book about him. Uh, and Chung is still there and she is amazing. Yeah, as you say, uh, a big smiler. She she was a hugger, at least before COVID. And she uh, and she has a she told me about how hard being a barista is because you are dealing with people in a very dangerous mind state, which is pre-caffeination. So, uh, so yeah, respect your barista. Um, as for the discipline, I totally agree with, uh, with Chung that it is, it's not something that comes naturally to most of us. So gratitude should be a discipline uh, and, uh, and, and a habit. So to make it a habit, I, uh, a lot of people do gratitude journals, you know, here are the three things I'm grateful for today. And uh, and that can be very effective. I actually um, email my mom with one or two things that I'm grateful for in the morning and she emails me back. So that I like because it's sort of a interactive. Uh, yeah. And then um, I also find this very helpful when I'm going to sleep. Instead of uh, counting sheep, uh, I try to count uh, things that I'm grateful for. And, uh, and to give it some structure, I do it very alphabetically. So I'll do, uh, you know, A, I'm grateful for the apple pancakes my son's made uh, for me this weekend. Uh, and, and B, I'm uh, 
I'm grateful for, for you, Ben, for having me on your show, uh, etc. So yeah, have finding these little rituals. Uh, and I also, I love the one before dinner where you go and you think of all the people who made that meal possible. Have, has you, have your family taken it on? Like, has it, has it spread through the family? Did, are, do you find them thanking more, being more grateful since you went on this journey or all back? To I normal hope so. I hope so. I think so. And, uh, yeah, my, uh, you know, they know that I am sort of obsessed with gratitude. So they know that they have to, first of all, thank the bus driver or whoever, you know, just go out of your way to thank anyone in your life. But, uh, but I've had some very sweet moments. One of my sons, um, he thanked my mother and then he went ahead and thanked her parents for having her because she wouldn't exist without them and he wouldn't exist without her. And then he thanked their parents. So it kind of went back and, and became a, uh, uh, an infinite, near infinite loop, uh, which I love. I love that way of thinking. And that makes me feel good. All right. So to wrap up, I only have one question after this question for you. What's next, AJ? What, what's coming out next? What are you working on? What are you going to engulf yourself into next? <laughs> my next book is coming out next year and it's called the puzzler a quest to solve the hardest puzzles ever from crosswords to jigsaws to the meaning of life so it's all about my love of puzzles and the puzzle mindset which i think is a very important tool in any in relationships in business and in, in anything and thinking out how to think outside the box Wow. So you, are you a New York Times crossword puzzle guy? And Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I mean, this started, uh, part of it started because I appeared as a uh, an answer to a clue in the New York Times crossword puzzle, uh, which I thought was the highlight of my life. I, I was going to go, I would end it right there. I'd sit there and go, <laughs> what is a higher, that, the only thing that might be one step above it, not, not for smart people but in general if you were a jeopardy answer that would be the only oh. step even better oh man that would be wonderful uh yes i was super happy a friend of mine pointed out it was the saturday puzzle which is the hardest and a lot yeah. of the answers are kind of obscure so uh that was a little humbling but still i'm quite happy to be in any day of the week well aj thank you so much this was for me, this was a blast um, because I've known you for a while and a big fan, and I cannot wait to read the next book. And everyone should check out all of AJ's books. They're incredible. And thank you very much for being on it. I'm very grateful to, you know, for you spending time with us today.